When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone, welcome to Club Extra here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. Club Extra is different from our usual format where I bring a special guest on and we stick to a pretty much a specific topic all about Rangers in one way or another. I am Scott Carney and joining me to discuss the topic of Clement, the tactics, is heart and hands. I always don't know what to tell you. Tactics talk guy, uh, Adam Thornton. Adam, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, how are you? It's good to be here. Yes, I'm yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm over the fact that you've knocked me back multiple times to come on my podcast, mate, but busy schedules and all that. You know what I've just realised it is? I really don't like being a guest on StreamYard. I'm try- I keep trying to look and see, right, what's the comments and who's this and who's that? I'm too used to uh, doing it myself, so that may be what it is. But I'm no, happy we- to be here. Yeah, we, we don't always go live. It's usually only a Friday that we'll do live, but just for that exact reason, without being arty-farty and people thinking, Scott, what are you talking about? There's a different element to it when it's just two yeah. people sitting having a conversation, if you know what I mean, when there's definitely. comments and stuff coming in. You can, it's not. It's just a completely different show, yes. if that makes right. sense. No, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I, Adam is joining me because he's a bit of a tactics guy. And the last time Adam was on with, with me, we... We had a conversation of what we expected under under Clement, and I think it's a, a long overdue now that we've seen so many games under Clement. He's got plenty under his belt that we we kind of revisit the subject and see if there's any surprises, if Adam was right, if the thoughts were right, yada yada, all the kind of usual stuff. So as I say, last time we were just after the appointment of Clement, Adam, and we were having a kind of an educated stab in the dark, probably for you is the correct term yeah. to use. Um, about what what to expect when Clement took over. But before we get into that, or should I say before I let you talk about tactics uh, and the changes or whatever else that he's made, what have you made of Clement so far, just kind of generally overall? Um, I was going to go into a full office reference and say the, the man or the boss there, but um, <laughs> I, I've been surprised. I can't remember what I said yesterday, and I talk that much shite that I, I don't know what I said when I came on the last time. So I might have been bang on, I might not have been. I don't know, but um, I've been really surprised. Um, I did think, you know what it's like. See when everything's going terribly, the world, especially as a Rangers fan, everybody thinks everything is just the, the worst ever. Quite clearly, players there that either were being used incorrectly, in my opinion, or were low in confidence, or were still settling in, all those sort of things. So you like to think when a new manager is coming in, that he's going to get a bit more out of some players that are there because some of these players individually were not as bad as 
they were playing and also not as bad as we made out. We like to catastrophize everything. Um, that being said, I don't think I would have expected where we are right now. Um, particularly if you'd asked me, I guess, after that night in, in Limassol, um, whether we thought we would be where we are in terms of uh, Europe. So I think that's a big bonus. Uh, obviously winning the cup and the way that we won it as well, I think was was really impressive. It wasn't just going out and dominating and, and getting an early goal and, and winning it. It was uh, it was hard fought. Uh, and I think that's been a theme of it. You can see the toge- togetherness with the players again today. They're referencing lots of things that the manager is telling them. And to me, that shows their confidence in the manager because other managers, they'll say, oh yeah, no, the manager's great and, and that's it and they don't really go into too much detail. But now they're saying, no, he's, he's telling us to do this and we really like that and he's changed this and he's changed that and he's asking us to do this when we don't have the ball and that when we have the ball. So all those little things that come out, people, I think, when they're more confident naturally want to share what they're doing um, and when they're doing well. So I think that you can sort of see things there um, from that side that are really positive. Um, in terms of him himself, I think very, very impressive. Doesn't get himself drawn into anything. Um, we can sometimes I'm sitting in those press conferences and someone asks a question about going top of the league or you must be pleased with this, and I, I'm like, he's not going to answer this. You know, he's not going to answer it. And it's just one, one. It's not even one game at a time. It literally seems to be one training session at a time. Um, do your best in that and move on. Um, which I really like. Um, we've all done that, looking at the fixture list and going. We'll definitely get 21 points out of these next seven. Um, and then it falls flat on its face. So I like the whole one one day at a time mantra. I like the way he puts himself across quite clearly, mega big on mentality and character and all those sort of things. Um, and I think you can see all of that coming out. Um, that's before we even get to obviously the what's happening on the pitch. I'm the same. I've been I've been probably surprised at how impressed I've been by him especially when the way he handles himself and the way that he talks I like he's he, he I don't think he thinks about his one-liners that he says but when he does say them they kind of hit you if that makes yeah. sense you're like oh brilliant that's excellent that's exactly what I want especially the one about momentum he's like I don't want to keep building momentum because that means something has to stop and I was like oh yeah. fill that up and to me that is that is fantastic that's what I want to be hearing Definitely. around and it's long overdue that we probably had somebody like that. That it's not there is no end target, if that makes sense. The target is to win everything, and it's that's the way he's going to go. But the the mode that he's entering, um, obviously the the way the players, as you rightly say, that they're, they're not open. I wouldn't say they're like they're fully open, but they're not no. scared to discuss what the manager's been telling them. And as well as the manager looking at, it's only one game at a time, 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 and it all. And he said, I think it was in the last three games of the seasons when I actually look at the table, and I was like, "Well, oh, that's good, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I like that." Obviously, we, as fans, we do that. We, we, you're right. We look at fixtures and think, "Oh, we could get twenty-one points there. Oh, we should win that. We should win that." And I suppose it's just the way that has been a Rangers fan. But I think he's also, the job. Like- to be fair, I don't believe for one second that they're not looking at it and, and they're not talking about it inside 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 the club. But the most important thing is showing how focused you are, I think. So I, I don't think they'll dwell on it. But yeah, you know when you're, particularly when it's the first title race what, since 2011, um, or it's looking like the first title race since 2011, there's going to be that extra edge to it. And they're going to keep getting these questions and they'll just keep batting them away. But yeah, I think it's 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 a united front uh, in public, which is which is ideal. It is ideal. It's, it's, it's music to the ears after Bill's nonsense. It really is. It's music to the ears. If you can, I know you just mentioned, if you can remember that far back when we had this conversation, we had discussed Clermont at his previous two clubs and what you maybe expected coming into Rangers. Do you think he's fully implemented his 
philosophy onto the onto the team as of yet, or is he pretty much working with the tools that he's got at his disposable just now? Um, again, to well, maybe to paraphrase him, he'll say it's never fully complete, and he wants to keep uh, he wants to keep improving um, on mm-hmm. that. I would say from what I watched for for Monaco and and Bruges, it's not far away. Um, I think we spoke about the fullbacks maybe being a little bit deeper. Um, the wingers being more uh, aggressive than than we had had uh, previously. We spoke about maybe having, I think I remember we spoke about having someone on one side who would cut in uh, a little bit and then someone on the other side who would uh, who would be up and down the wing. So I think you can see Seema and then it was Cantwell and it's now McCausland. I think you can see that partnership. That was similar to what he had at Monaco. So I can see that there. Um, the striker situation is probably the one that's maybe not been as, as easy to identify because he never really had a Cantwell and Dessers or a Cantwell and Silva combination. It was probably more of a Silva and Dessers um, towards the end at, at Monaco. So that might be something that we that we see. Um, but other than that, I think so. Aggressive uh, off the ball. Um, Garden against transitions. We're starting to see some patterns of play. Um, the goal I think I really like uh, one of my favourite goals I think so far has been the one that Seema scored against Hearts um, because mm-hmm. they baited the team they baited Hearts Tavernier, Goldson McCausland in, in our defensive um, defensive third frees up Tavernier to drive forward and he plays that pass through to Seema I think that's clearly rehearsed that's a part on a play I think he said that in a in a press conference um, you can see these things coming out that I think have been there in terms of where it's at um I don't think it's fully there yet. Um, I think the midfield needs a bit of work. Um, and by that, I guess, I mean, you couldn't really pick who the best two are uh, at the minute. Um, you pick John Lundstrom in there, that's fine. Everybody loves um, Dujon Sterling and everybody wants him to play. Um, for me, him and Sterling are com- him and Lundstrom are competing for one of those midfield roles just because yeah. of the type of the type of player that they are, the type of profile that they are. Tomorrow night, for example, we probably don't need both of them playing in the same game. Away in Parkhead, away in Betis, etc. Completely understand it. Um, so they're probably competing for one. I think we've seen that other slot. You can sort of see what he wants to do. He said Raskin in there. He said Lund- eh, Lawrence in there. He said Dowell in there. Um, you can see what he wants. He wants somebody who. Ideally, is left-footed, I guess. Um, somebody who can get forward, somebody that can create from deep. Um, it looks like Diamandi, I think, from from everything that he said. It looks like that will possibly be where he plays. Um, so that would be quite interesting. But I think that's the bit, that middle two at the minute, uh, for me, is the bit that he's maybe not 100% delighted with. And then I guess maybe the striker as well. I mean, Silva's coming in and he's, he's doing quite well, but I think he would probably want more goals up there. Um, and, and maybe more of a rounded player than um, than Dessels uh, up there, I think as well. So, yeah, I would say if you were asking me where where we think we need to improve, I think it will probably be that centre forward role, and then just getting the balance right and in, in defensive midfield. But the good thing is everybody was scratched their heads about Diamandi coming in, and now you look at it and you think, well, Raskin still getting back to fitness um, hasn't um, hasn't been that impressive this season overall. Jack's away in the summer, we think. Lawrence is injured. Dowell gets injured a fair bit. Um, maybe there was a need for a central midfielder in there. And if he thinks that bringing someone in there can create better quality chances for our strikers to score, then maybe that makes more sense overall than just bringing in Shankland and asking him to score 30 goals on his, on his own. So um, there may be a bit of wisdom there. But I would say, yeah, I'd say cent- 
centre midfield and, and striker for me are the ones that are maybe not quite there yet. Been really, really pleased with the wingers um, that have came in overall. Um, and I think that makeup there, like I said, is probably similar to um, to what he's had before. I think, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the the way that he expects Dalmandy to play, I think it's when Cantwell and Silva are playing together as well, particularly, he likes Cantwell to be quite close to him quite a lot of the time, not too far away from each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And if if there's going to be a... And there's not, not really taking anything away from Raskin because that's the kind of player that he, he is. He's more booking a box-to-box than he is kind of a flair player. Whereas yeah. Demandi, from all the YouTube videos and the wee flicks that we've seen for him so far, looks like he even might be a bit more a kind of flair about him. And for him to pick up that, kind of deep 10 role when when Cantwell and Silver are quite close to each other that's probably an area he's probably trying to work on and you're right now that the the signing of him kind of seems to make sense was I right yeah. in something or did I say something that actually made sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I know what you mean because <laughs> especially see when if you watch it tomorrow night when you see um, the Ross County keeper having the ball um, Cantwell and the striker are right up at the edge of the box basically yeah. a four four two out of possession they're right up there um, and he is playing very, very close. They've got a really nice relationship already. I don't know how it's 150 minutes or something they've, they've played together. Yeah. Um, but you can see that sort of one-touch combinations that you, you desperately need um, to break down these teams. They look like they've got it. Um, and I absolutely, if Cantwell is up there as well, then it opens up a little bit of space in, in the middle of the pitch for, for somebody to get forwards. Um, I know people absolutely won't entertain it right now, um, but it would, for me, be really, really interesting. Based on... I guess not really what we've seen, but just based on how I think they could work together, I think it'd be quite interesting to see Raskin and Diomandi as that that deeper midfield, um, because um, we're less reliant on maybe having a someone who can just be a defensive midfielder. Uh, I think Raskin can take the ball and he can pass it. He's passing people. People say his passing is a little erratic sometimes, and I think that's fair. They say it with Redvan as well, but what I think it is is they're playing with risk. They're trying to make passes that skip yeah. out a player um it's a little bit more um risky than than just sort of passing between the center halves etc so i'm kind of okay with that provided it's not ridiculous passes that, that put us in danger so having raskin and diomandi in there as a as a sort of double pivot in the defensive midfield i think could be quite interesting with raskin sitting as a deeper player but given where we are right now um i think it's clear lundstrom is is going to be in uh, and he's going to be playing um for the rest of the season and, and probably beyond if they can get a deal done um, so it's not something that I can particularly see happening right now, um, but it would be quite interesting to see it even for a for a couple of games to try it out. Yeah, even if you see it maybe in a cup game or something along the lines of that, where you could see him get experiment, experimenting a little bit more with combinations of players um, yeah. once we have a kind of fully fit, fit team back. I think Raskin's, he, he does seem to really be struggling to find form and getting back to full fitness right now. And he is one that's coming for a bit of criticism because, again, yeah. impatient Rangers fans, as I am as well, I'm not just, I'm not pointing fingers here, I'm more pointing fingers at myself that you're like, you expect more from him, you expect yeah. more to be coming from him, and it's not really. Really been happening uh, and Lundstrom you're, you're spot on he is he's the main guy there right now yeah, and yeah. I think that's going to be like that going to next season you expect Lundstrom to be offered a new contract I think so Um if we're being serious about 100% full focus on the player trading model then he probably shouldn't be but I just think mm-hmm. where we are right now in terms of the environment in terms of the manager coming in lots of players that are over 30 um, that will be leaving um, then I think it, it makes sense to just have that little bit more continuity there. If you think Jack, Barisic, Roof, Balogun even, uh, all going, um, it only really leaves 
Avenir Goldson Butland, I guess, as the sort of main experienced player. Senior. Yeah. So I think maybe just keeping him around. I wouldn't be giving him a, a three-year contract or anything because he's he's getting to thirty, and I, I don't think on those type of wages that that he'll be uh, looking for. I wouldn't be doing anything like that, but maybe two years and an option or something, and, and see how he see how he goes. I think that makes sense in this circumstance. But moving forward, everything we know about Coppin and Clement and the way that the club wants to go, I think big contracts for for players that are thirty and above will be um, a thing of the past. Particularly ones and Lundstrom's not really in this category, but pretty much all the other ones are. Particularly ones that have had injury troubles um, uh, as well. Yeah, Lundstrom's one that. I think has reacted well to the changing manager. Um, he seems to be enjoying the role that he's been asked to do under Clement. Um, I think he's obviously that whatever happened with Bill, it didn't sit well with Lundstrom, and he, he kind of lost his form, and he, he showed quite a lot of frustration in his time. I found on the pitch under under Bill, and he, he seems like one that's kind of taken to the new manager, and the manager's very much taken to him. But last yeah. time we were on as well, we mentioned about small tweaks that the manager would maybe need to make in order to get the best out of the players that were already there. Mm-hmm. If you think that has worked, who's the players that you think is not worked wonders, but ones that you've thought to yourself, that's Clement that's doing that. And you can't just say Tav, by the way, because Tav has been really good, and I know you're a Tav fanboy. We'll come yeah. to Tav in your... <laughs> Um That's an interesting one. So, obviously, with, with the, the huge amount of rotation, um, can't really see McCausland either, because he had zero impact yeah. really before before that. Um, probably go with Ridvan. And, and then, I guess, Sterling. Um... I think Sterling has been quite good moving into that midfield position. His fullback appearances, um, particularly at right back, actually, the couple of times he played right back were not great. Um, he was decent at left back a couple of times, I think, when he filled in. I feel like it was, there was a game, wasn't there? Barisic was injured or suspended, I think he played. I can't think what one it was off the top of my head. Um, no, I can't mind. Was it Betis? Can't remember. Um, but I'll probably say Redvan, I think. Um, I've been a Big fan of Redvan ever since we were linked with him, and I was looking at him. I thought that's some that's someone that would be really impressive for us. It would change the way that we attack, uh, as far as uh, fullbacks are concerned. Um, everybody knows we don't need to go over it how good Barisic is when he gets the ball in the corner of the box and is pinging, a, pinging across, and everybody knows it. It's all the other stuff I think that um, could be improved. And again, that doesn't mean he's awful at some of that stuff. It's just could be improved. Um, and I think when Redvan came in. I was expecting him to be probably what he is now. Um, but circumstances, I think John Souter said today as well, he was 21, couldn't speak the language. Um, physically, wasn't that well developed. Um, it, it really took him a year to to get going. Um, that injury didn't help as well. So I think we're now seeing that now um, with him having a run in the team. Who knows if he'd have got the run under Van Bronckhorst. He was just getting it, wasn't he, before he got he got injured. Yeah. I think he got a, got a couple of starts there and Bill played him towards the end of last season. If he'd have got that run from the summer, he might have already... He might have done this anyway. Um, we don't know, but going with what we know just now, you look at it and you think 28th of December or whatever it was, quite a lot of people were happy for him to to go. I think I tweeted saying we shouldn't, we absolutely should not be losing money um, on Redvan, even if he's going right now, whenever that was, like the 28th of December, and there was not a lot of people agreeing. Um, whereas I think now um, you'll be looking at it and you think, in the summer, if he's playing the way he is, then you're asking double your money, probably um, minimum right now. So I think that testament to the player, testament to the manager for putting him in and, uh, and playing him. But I think the benefits that we get from that um, are really, really good. Um, and I think you've seen some of that uh, in the last couple of games. I think with his 
relationship with Matondo, with his relationship with with Cortez, with how he even just links in in the middle with the midfielders, uh, Lawrence and Lindstrom, etc. I think has been has been really interesting. So I would say Sterling for I guess the surprise factor of how well he did when he came into centre midfield, but one that's for me the the standout. I think I would have to say it's probably Redvan. Yeah, um, I think Redvan has been impressive. I, I think once it's. It's more, more. I think it's more the style of Barisic that frustrates people more than anything, and the 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 kind of knife edge that his confidence hangs on. Because if it's if he's poor and he knows he's playing poor, he just disappears really yeah. into himself, and it becomes very frustrating to watch as a fan. Uh, I think he's got a cracking left foot on him. I do. I think some of his crosses are spectacular, but I'm not 100 percent sure that's what Clement's after either. And I'm thinking you know, he's more. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. But I think we all we also focus on. Like the attacking side of it, and we say, "Oh, Barisic can do this, and Ridvan can do this." I feel like Ridvan is is much more aggressive a defender, which is ridiculous mm-hmm. when you think about the the size difference as well. Short man syndrome, though, isn't it? Short man, angry yeah. man. But he, he stays like touch <laughs> tight. There's even games against Aberdeen. He maybe wasn't winning the header, but he was like needling the defender and and like run, ju- uh, jumping into him and sort of putting them off balance. He's quite active when he's defending as well. You see him mm-hmm. sliding, kick the ball uh, out of play against Aberdeen down the touchline. Quite aggressive with it. Barisic, I always feel, is just too timid. Everybody's got that picture in their head of a, a, a winger running at Barisic and he's sort of backpedaling, looking back the way you just see yeah. it in your head. He, he's doing it all the time. Um, yeah. He just always seems, like you said, on a knife edge of confidence, but I think he plays like that sometimes as well. He's never going to make the sort of passes into the midfield that Ridvan does. He's not as comfortable on his right foot, which just limits him completely because the opposition can just press him from that side and he's nowhere to go. Um, mm. So he has to go back the way. So I think there's there's more than just the the attacking side of it. Barisic is going to get more assists um, than Ridvan does in a season. I think that's that's factual. Um, but the quality, I guess, that it brings Ridvan getting to the byline and cutting back for uh, someone to have a shot and then someone else scores, for example, or, or his ability to take men out of play when he's passing the ball forwards to then get, let someone else create chances, um, I think is is something that maybe isn't as, as obvious as just a big cross into the box and somebody to score. But I do think it's got benefits going forwards and, and defensively as well. When Redvan was linked to go away um, or to be, to move on in the, the winter, I wasn't. I'm not going to say I was disappointed. I was more concerned that we weren't going to maybe bring anybody else in, and it was all going to depend on who we brought in because I wouldn't have full confidence in Barisic. Yeah. Barisic has been a great servant to this club. He has. He's been great. For it. He really has. Yeah. yeah, he's he's done. He's paid his back no end. There's no zero doubt about it. But now you're right. If Redvan continues the way he's on, you're going to be talking a good bit of dollar for him in the summer if the offers do come for him. So, um, since we're about halfway through, we're, we're what we plan to be on, mate. I'm going to. This is your payment that you're getting right now, Adam. I'm going to let you speak about Tavernier. Um, James Tavernier, there is no doubt in my mind, has improved under Clement. I think there is a stark difference from what we were seeing under Bill to what we're seeing under Clement. I think. Tav has almost tried to do too much under Bill in terms of trying to carry the team when blatantly not many people knew what anybody was doing, including the manager. Um, sorry for a bit of Bill bashing there, but I think it's true. Yep. And I heard you earlier on today um, on the the, um, the daily update on uh, on Heart and Hand and you were discussing about the transitions in terms of defending and where Tavernier's picking up positions when we're in full attack mode, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. He's very much inside, like a, a right-sided defensive midfielder. Yeah. And he, obviously when he's attacking, he's usually hitting the byline, cutting inside, whatever he's doing. The I think... 
I didn't think there was more to come from Tavernier, if that makes sense. But now under Clement, I'm going, hmm, there is wee glimmers there of the Tavernier of old. Yeah. The floor is yours, Adam. The floor is yours. <laughs> so it's interesting um, because there's less, I guess, highlights or, or highlight real things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's not pinging crosses in to the box. Set pieces have improved, but I feel like they've probably improved more with Red Van taking his on, on his side. Um, and swinging corners as well. It's a good thing uh, to see. He's, he's been really, really good on those. Tavernier's corners have probably been as disappointing. I think everybody, people say they're disappointing all the time. Um, they haven't been a marked difference on it. I would say it's on, on the left-hand side that we've seen we've seen a bit more there. But yeah, you're right. The role has changed a little bit. He's also 30, 32 um, yeah. as well. So I think it's about time the role changed. We've seen it with Kyle Walker rampaging up and down the wing for... Man City and then Guardiola changed them a couple of years ago to be um, effectively a third central defender at times. Um, you just have to adapt. I think he doesn't look like he's lost um, any of his pace. I always think this last the first two or the last two seasons, it's been generally said around about August September time. Always his his fitness is his way off. He's lost. I think Knackered, yeah. maybe it just takes a bit longer now, given how old he's getting, the amount of minutes that he's got in the miles that he's got on the clock, maybe it just takes a bit longer to get going, I don't know, but um, I don't know if it's a coincidence that two years in a row, um, he, he started to improve the, the further that the season got on, so maybe it just takes a bit of time to get in his, in his groove. Um, I think the relationship with McCausland is a big thing as well, because we've seen the relationship that he had with Candias way back, um, and then ever since then, um, we stopped playing wingers for, for a couple of years, um, but we played uh, maybe a number 10 wider on that side, and it'd be Hadji, it'd be Roof, it'd be Aribo, uh, Arfield, Lawrence, I think everybody's that a shot there pretty much. So that does impact you, I guess, uh, in terms of how you play. But I think what McCausland and him are doing is they benefit each other uh, at the minute. Um, Tavenier can go on the outside, absolutely, but McCausland can cut in, vice versa. McCausland is decent on the ball. Decision-making is, is certainly improving, so he can then help in there as well. But yeah, the big thing I think that you mentioned is, is this out of possession thing and again we've seen we've heard Suter saying today Goldson saying the other day about how big they are on these transitions and, and guarding against transitions um and if you watch um maybe if people haven't picked up on this yet if you watch tomorrow night um if we've got the ball on the on the left hand side if it's Cortez or Matondo or Ridvan high up on the left hand side Tavernier is pretty much in the middle um quite far up I would say in the in the number 10 position at points um but he's very, very central. Um, and I noticed against Livingston because the ball fell to him at the edge of the box and he had a shot. And I was like, oh, normally you see him coming into the box at the the back post or you can see him in there sometimes. But there was a few times it happened. Um, and then the interesting thing was when Tavernier and McCausland had it on the other side, Ridvan was doing the same. So he was he, basically a mirror image. He was coming in very, very central as well. Um, and I was speaking to Joshua Barry about it um, at the game on Aberdeen game, it was um, speaking to him about it, and he was like, I think it's the guard against transition, so guard against counterattacks, basically, because if you've got one fullback in the middle uh, and you've got a couple of others out of position, you've got the two centre backs back and there's a break, then the fullback can either attack the ball and pick it up and keep it, keep things going, or if there's a breakaway, then they've got less room, they've got less space to come back the way because they just need to run the straight line back. So they're not out, they're not out wide, they're not out of the game and having to come back in, they're literally right in the middle of the pitch and they can help there. So I think that's that. 
aggressiveness out of possession that Clement is, is talking about getting the ball back but if you don't get the ball back making sure you're positioned so that you guard against the counter-attack and I think that's really interesting with both with both fullbacks at the minute um, there are a lot a lot less crosses I think that's probably with Redvan coming in probably with uh, Seema playing out there probably with McCausland they are not crossers of the ball in a way that Candias, um, Barisic, even Tavernier are. So there's a lot less crosses. Uh, Tavernier is still contributing with crosses, but yeah, it's much more of a, I would say, a supporting role in terms of he arrives into the play uh, as a fullback now to provide a wee bit of a, a bit of leeway or a bit of support um, rather than being the guy who is the ball's been worked in a combination to get him free on the on the the byline yeah. to ball into the box. I'd say it's a bit more a bit more combined and I think everybody's everybody's pulling their, their weight a little bit more um, which is exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's still work needing to be done and I'm going to use I'm going to use tactics words here. Um, transitions in terms of when we win the ball high. I think we waste a lot of chances when we do win the ball high. I think that that's something that's going to come in time. Also, when we get a, a kind of out-and-out striker that's going to be ours for a long period of time, I think we'll do better in, in, in that area. But uh, what is interesting, I did notice, I was like, Tav's very central there. Like, he has moved in quite a little bit and yeah. uh, look, if I say if it's going to guard against counters, then by all means, I am I'm absolutely for it. Um, that was your payment, by the way. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> wax and lyrical. Yeah, wax and lyrical of it, Tav. Um, we'll come on to the new signings. Um, Silva, I know he's not technically a signing, but he's going to have a massive impact on the rest of the season. I don't think there's any great doubt about it, especially with the partnership previously mentioned that he seems to be building with Cantwell, which is bringing also the best out in him. He seems like your kind of player, Silva. Correct me if I'm wrong. He does seem yeah. like your kind, of, your kind of player. What, what's your, what's been your, your initial thoughts on him? Excited to see more as well. Definitely excited to see more. Um, I, I like him. Um, I think this obsession that we've got with looking at Wikipedia and just writing a player off based on the fact yeah. that no score goals is just wild. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I just I don't get it. Um, particularly, I think when you look at the context of how horrendous Wolves have been for a couple of years up until maybe the last mm. couple of months or so, um, a young player playing on that team um, isn't going to get lots of opportunities. Um, and again, just sort of ignoring the fact that he played in Anderlecht and PSV teams who are, if not the same level as us, sort of facing the same challenges that we face in terms of domestic leagues. And he got 16 goals and five assists last year. Um, for a, a player who was 20 last summer, like the summer before last, I think, when he joined there, I think there needs to be a wee bit of context there to see actually this guy might be better than the absolute diddy you think he is. Um, <laughs> so I, I think... I think that's the thing. I think it all comes down to what we need or what we want. Um, and I think the issue that we had all through January with Silva was people just assuming he wouldn't score goals because he hasn't scored goals at Wolves. Um, and I think I tweeted as well, watching him at Hibs, I, I was like, he's not going to get 20 goals in the next six months or whatever. I don't think he is that type of player yet. Um, but it doesn't mean he can't be and it doesn't mean he can't contribute. Um, and I think based on, I guess, what we needed, we needed someone to sort of take up the, the slack from Danilo. Um, I guess in terms of his ability out of the box uh, and we need somebody to be available in the box to, to score as well um, I think he's doing okay uh, the two goals that he's got are the poacheriest goals I think we've ever seen which is ironic given uh, given everything that's that's happened there so um, if he continues in that trajectory and he hits this mythical 10 goals that he must have had to score to be classed as a as a centre forward by the summer then happy days but I think we're seeing a lot of other things from him he does a lot of good work in the channels he'll run all, all his shots, etc., that he gets, it's balls coming over, and he's he's 
taking him on the right or taking him on the left the way that Morelos did and, and sort of barreling into the box. Um, I do need to see a bit more, I think, in terms of his actually his actual shooting. Um, I think there's there's been a couple of like the finish uh, the other night was a really really good finish. I thought when he, he spun and took it, he's had a couple of potential great goals. I think the one against Aberdeen where he sort of bends it with the outside of his right foot mm-hmm. um, in the first half, and then the one against Livingston where he's sort of doing that fall and volley type thing. He said a two, he said a couple that could have been fantastic goals, but I would like to see him just within the box, just that movement going near post to get a flick on for a header or, or having a great shot from 12 yards out or whatever that just goes right in the ball. I'd like to see some of those as well to give me a bit of confidence that he's he's where he's going to be. Um, but I'm not too concerned um, about him. It's just, I guess, one of these things when he's only going to be here for three or four months, how how involved do you really get, I guess, and how, because you can't really say he's going to be this type of player because he goes away in the summer. We don't care what type of player he's going to be. Like, so it's it's one of those things. You're like doing okay just now. If he gets ten goals or so, it's going to help us along in the journey. Um, if he creates, um, like we've seen with I guess Matondo and Cantwell stepping up to the plate and, and bringing goals and assists. Hopefully, Cortez doing the same as well. If he's part of that story and part of that contribution overall, um, then I think that's great and that's that's all we need for for just now. We need desperately need to score. I would say another. At this stage of the season, in terms of the league, I think we probably needed and, and should have scored another 10 goals or so um, and we'd have been in a position that I think is is very, very strong. So if we've got someone that can give us that extra 10 goals and you know, it's not the second half of the season, but the second 40% or whatever it is now, then that would be absolutely ideal. Yeah, and you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, in terms of Silva, if he brings the best out in players around him, hence Cantwell, mm-hmm. we're seeing we're seeing an improvement in Cantwell. I don't think it's uh, obviously. I think there'll, there'll be a bit of it with Cantwell getting fully on board with Clement's style and philosophy that he wants for him, the role that he wants for him. Maybe getting a wee kick up the arse that he needed, yep. um, but it's back with Clement taking him off, whatever, and saying, "I don't want fancy football. I want you to win football games." That kind of thing. But the connection with Silva is something that I think's been quite noticeable quite quickly yeah, but you're like they're, they're, they are on the same page do you know what I mean they are very much cover, on the same page it, it should work in theory cover players should should play together um, and I think that's always the thing that people maybe miss not misjudge that's the wrong thing but people maybe don't don't think about is you remember those bad years under Hashinia um, or Murray or whatever and I'd be out there banging the drum of Tavernier saying put them around better players and you'll see something like you'll see a good chance. I guess you can never really tell who who those players are that are going to shine. But I think when you look at the way that Cantwell again treated as a bit uh, a bit much, but the way that he's been asked to play at times this year, I mean, make, making Todd Cantwell cover runners at, at right central midfield is Metal. is wild. Um, <laughs> in, in certain games, fair enough, but it was never really going to work. Then equally, Clement putting him out on on the white on wide right didn't really work. I think we were all screaming for McCausland to be playing, or at least two wingers to be playing. Um, putting him in his position that he's the most comfortable with. I think I said this today on the update as well. He's one of those players that, like it or lump it, he, he's going to need to feel loved, and he's going to need to feel like he's he's one of the main men in, in the team. So you either spend that time drilling into him that he needs to do this and need to do that, and you might get a bit of pushback, or you put him in the position that is his best position, he thinks his best position, and then you start to build them up that way and say, well, you could do this or you could do that. So I think that's 
that's something that we're that we're seeing there. Um, the goals that he scored, I thought actually when he came on, I think I don't know if many people have mentioned it, but I thought when he came on on Saturday, he was absolutely unreal. He looked like yeah. I don't know, he just looked like he was playing on two times speed, like he just the, for, for the goal getting getting to the byline and chipping that ball over. He just looked everywhere. He, he, considering the manager said he had a knock. Um, and that's why he didn't really start. I think it was one of those situations where Diamandi had come on, had played in his position, and Cantwell's coming on and going, well, I'll show you whose position that actually is, and he played for whatever that was, half an hour or so, like a man possessed. I thought he was he was really, really impressive for that that 30 minutes or so. On, um, a, on our post-match, I've, I, gave, I gave two man of the matches, one for the first half and one for the second. Cortez got it in the first and Cantwell got it in the second. Because I thought yeah. he just looked, he, he looked, he kind of almost gave the, the game a bit of spark because it was, yeah. it was a tough watch, let's not lie, it was a tough watch. But when he came on, I was like, this, he's got a point to prove. He's like, it's like, he, he, you could see the buzz yeah. about him. So I thought, he, I thought he was great when he came on. Um, we spoke a bit about Diamond, so I'll leave, I'll leave him there. We spoke about him earlier and what we probably expected expect from him and where we expect him to make an impact on the in the team. Um Cortez, I know we've only seen brief bits of him. He's made a good first impression. He definitely has. He looks absolutely gallus, I think is the is the thing I would uh, I would say again you think how young he is. He's what twenty yeah. I don't know when he's I don't know when he's 20, 21, but he's um very, very young but he looks physically built. I was actually surprised watching some of his games for Millionaros and, and even Colombia uh, in the sort of younger uh, age groups it never quite hit me how tall he was. Like he's, he's mm-hmm. pretty big, um, and he's a big boy for his for his age. Um, couple of decent, if unspectacular, um, substitute appearances. But yeah, I thought that's what we should be doing against Air United. And we've made we've made some of these games more difficult than they need to be in the past by um, not expecting the players to come and just turn up. He could be. Doing what he did against that right back for forty five minutes um, in most games, really, I think if that's that's the that's the benchmark we need for for these players coming in. But I thought it was really impressive. I just like how simplistic it was. Like we've had Ryan Kent out there um, playing as a not even not a winger, but playing as a number ten out wide and and cutting back and nice little interchanges. We've had um, Sima out there who again doesn't doesn't play it as a left winger. He plays it more as like a kind of inside forward, if you like, who's getting in the box, he's not really beating his man, etc. Matondo can beat his man one minute and then fall over the ball the next minute. Um, <laughs> he's maybe the most similar, I think, in terms of how direct he is, but he's just so um, inconsistent with it, with any, yeah. like, from movement to movement, never mind even from game to game. But Cortez just looked like, yeah, I'm going, just going to shape you up and beat you every time. I'll go, out, I'll go inside, I'll go outside, but my main aim right now is beating you and get to the byline, which I think is fucking brilliant. Well, that's exactly what you want from a winger. That's just what you're looking for. Somebody who'll get, get you excited and stand you up and say, he's got the ball, you know he's going to beat his man and he's going to make something happen. And I think what you've seen with the goal as well, it's his tenacity to go and get the ball, his tenacity to win it back, get to the byline, something will happen. I say that all the time. These crosses that Barisic and Tavernier put in all the time are great, and you might get a goal every ten times. See if the players go to the byline in the way that Redvan and, and Matondo even does, and, and um, Cortez is going to do just now. If you go to the byline and you cut that ball back, you're cutting it back to the centre of the pitch for a defence that does not know what's happening, doesn't know whether you're going to hit it into the back post, cut it back to this player, cut it back to that player. The amount of missed opportunities we've had from cutbacks and the goal that Barisic scored at the weekend is just testament to that. When is Barisic ever? When's the last time he scored from? Open play. I mean, St. Johnson last the, year. The, 
Was that the right foot he shot? The, the one when we hit his right foot? Was that the last time he scored foot and play? Remember he hit one with his right, oh, yeah. he right, he hit himself with his right foot? I can't remember who that was against. I remember that though. But he's had what, five promote and play probably in yeah. six years, four or five. Um, that's to me, that's what we need from a, one of the wingers to do. Happy with McCausland on the other side, cutting inside and being creative and linking up and, and doing those nice things over there. But we need somebody on that side that will just, if something's, if something hasn't worked, Give him the ball, let him battle that fullback, you know, whip it into the whip it into the box for a cutback. I think is great. He looks like he's going to be that. Obviously, we need to be careful, cautious, all those boring things because he's he's not had a lot of football. He is still very young. He's probably going to be erratic. Um, but yeah, if he continues that forty-five minutes there, then whatever the the fee is, there was rumours of what four million or so in terms of the mm-hmm. the the buy fee. Um, that would be that would be a steal. Um, and I, I wonder whether he's insurance policy for. For Sima, because we don't know, um, we don't know what will happen with him in terms of uh the summer. He'll have 18, uh, 12 months left on, on his deal at Brighton. Will they be looking for their eight million pounds back? If they are, I can't see that happening for for us. Oh, but yeah. if they're looking for a little bit less, maybe with uh, with a, a high sell on fee or something like that, then then possibly we could see Sima on one side and Cortez on the other, which I think would be would be really really interesting to see. Um, so yeah, we'll wait and see how that goes. But no, I'm really impressed. Just a, I love just a. He's not not necessarily an old fashioned winger in the sense of like a gigs or whatever, but just the directness that he's got about him um, and the fact that he can go on on both sides, I think, is is great. Yeah, very good. And I think the the, the point that you make about the crosses as well, getting to the byline and crossing, and you're 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 playing the cross behind the defence. If that makes sense, yep. you're cutting, you're putting it into the middle of the box where they don't they don't know if Barish has just got it deep and Tav's got it deep and they whip it and they know exactly what's about to happen. We need to win a header here, lads. Everybody knows that we need to win a header here. Whereas the cutback just causes a bit of chaos, and that's I where think- I think I think Cantwell will do really well if we continue to do something like that. Cantwell's going to pick up spaces there. He's probably going to get goals from there and I think with the way Silva works as well with him dropping deep I think that'll work what we've seen a lot during the 55 season I, I bang on about this so many times is the amount of one-twos that we've seen with Arfield Hadji Roof um, those sort of giving goes and somebody bursting through uh, to score I think Hadji got a few Arfield got a, got a few of them as well through the middle of the box is great um, but it's so compact and there's so many defenders in there as well if you can stretch them and get that ball through for somebody to run onto, then you're you're through and you're it's happy days. These are the goals that Celtic scored fifty, a hundred of probably in the last two and a half years under under Postecoglou. Um, those are the goals that are key to breaking down teams, in, in my opinion, as well as some of those other ones. So yeah, if we can if we can add those into our, our uh, repertoire as well, then happy days. Against these block defenses, you want to be organised. You want to be unpredictable and you want to have some difference in the terms of the players that you're going to have on the park yep. to cause that chaos for the defence yep. and I think that's what Clement's trying to build anyway uh, before we go any further um, I will I'll ask you who's been the most improved would you say is still Rudvan yeah I think so yeah and is there anyone that's not improved that you thought might um, well that's an interesting one do you know? Probably not. To be honest, I'm trying to think. Like, obviously, if I could. Can I use Lammers? <laughs> he, he <doesn't... laughs> yeah, mate. Fucking, I'm he all showed, for beating up Lammers, mate. I'm all for it. He showed. Uh, he showed nothing at all. Um, nothing of a of a change under under Clement. It was still the same, the same type of player. Um, there. Uh, I would. I would probably have to go go with him just because there's there's no other. There's nothing else I can think about. Cantwell's improved rapidly. Dessers. Mm-hmm. 
I think this is, that was a little streak that he went on there for the, the tail end of the season and maybe a couple of games this season, uh, mm-hmm. tail end of the year and a couple of games this year. Um, but even just his all-round play, I think, is, is looking pretty good. Um, Lundstrom, great. Raskin would be a candidate, but I'm not judging Raskin on 250 minutes of football and in three and a half months. Um, I think he, and he wasn't that great before it anyway. Um, yeah, I would say that even the centre-halves, I think, are are doing okay. Um, yeah, I'll probably just have to go with Lammers just based on the fact there's nobody else. And he's a daddy, yeah. So I'm, I'm absolutely, <laughs> all, I'm absolutely all for that. Uh, before I let you go, here, mate. Obviously, there's quite a big game happening tomorrow night, and it's not often you say that it is a big game against Ross County, but it very much is because it puts us in a position that I don't really think many of us can believe that we are we have we, 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 we've got the opportunity to do so to completely cut the gap to get back on level points. Uh, what are your thoughts ahead of the game? I think we are going to be saying it's a massive game, pretty much for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think uh, big three points. It's funny that every single game is is the biggest game ever, and it? so it's a big three points. that's must win. When is a when is a Rangers game ever not win? Must win a friendly <laughs> fucking must win. Like it just, I find that that's so funny. Um, but yeah, I guess for me, I think the game last week had more significance on it. I think because we do struggle against Aberdeen. Um, we have done twice already this season struggled against them in the league, um, particularly the way that game went in, in terms of how late it was that, that we managed to get that that breakthrough. I think that was a big win psychologically, I think, not necessarily because we took advantage or anything like that, but just to, to win a really difficult game, I think. So, in theory, this week, Ross County are minging without being uh, too kind about it. I think, they've got, <laughs> I think they've got two wins since the end of August um, in, in the league or in all competitions. So, um, we really should be going out, you would think, and and taking four or five off them. You would think if a team that's high in confidence and is is keen to do that, then I think I think that should be fine. But to be honest, anyone uh, at the minute keep the pressure on. I think is is absolutely fine. Um, the gap that we've clawed back for me is a psychological boost enough, rather than just a goal or two that might mean your name is above the other the other team's name uh, in the league for for however long it is. So um, yeah, winning the game is the first thing. Um, but I just think some of the things that we've seen, the manager was not happy with the performance at the weekend. I don't think many people really were. Um, so he said that again today, didn't he, in the press conference, that he wasn't delighted about it. So um, I guess we'll see the man management and the reaction that we might get uh, tomorrow night. Team selection, I think, will be quite interesting as well because I think everybody's expecting Jack and Lawrence have done a, a kind of shot each over the last couple of weeks. Um, so I think with Jack being rested again for, for tomorrow night or being preserved for... Um, for the weekend, people are probably thinking that Lawrence might might come in next to Lundstrom, but it could also be Diamandi coming in there as his as his first start. So, um, that one be quite interesting. Will Cortez start again, or will he go with Matondo? Silva and Dessels, not sure. Um, on there, I think everything else probably picks itself. But yeah, it's just quite interesting to just be going and talking about the football and just understanding that this player might be better in this game and that player's doing quite well. That this player's coming back, that's quite interesting. Um couple of goals, a clean sheet, and it's happy days, hopefully. That's all you want, mate. That is all you want. So before you go, what's your score prediction for tomorrow night? And seeing all of that, um, I'm going to go for um, whatever it is that needs us to get to the top of the table. So that's 3-0, I think, isn't it? So I'll go I'll go yeah. 3-0. Happy days, yeah. I'm going 3-0 as well. Very much the same, and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. As I say, it's not often that you get a, a real buzz about going to Ibrox to play Ross County of all people yeah. but I I can't wait to get to Ibrox tomorrow night uh, that'll do us for tonight on Club Extra Adam 
always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, my pestering worked, mate. You, you agreed to come on. I'm very happy <laughs> about it. Uh, no, honestly, mate, an absolute pleasure, and I'll catch up with you soon. Cheers, Scott. So we will be back tomorrow after the game. Um, I hope your team very much wins and I hope you see a very happy, well, one face definitely, Ali might be with me tomorrow uh, after the match as we'll bring a, I bring you a reaction. Thank you again to Adam for coming on and we'll speak to you next time. We are Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. Cheers, everybody. Podcast Network.